0: Welcome to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, 20 minutes or less of power-packed strategy to disrupt your thinking, elevate your mindset, and help you scale your sales online. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight-figure entrepreneur. Let's go. Welcome back. This is the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, and I'm super excited to have Amber Duggar here with me today. Hey, Amber. Hey Kelly, so nice to ha- so nice to be here. I'm so excited to have you because you and I share this love of all things numbers, money and helping business owners make it, keep it, manage it right? All this. And I've been so lucky to have you come into our world in UE Amber is one of our, our UE members. And she is just a master at helping entrepreneurs be empowered and really understand how to reverse engineer any goal that they want to achieve in their business and really helping entrepreneurs bring the financial piece into their growth strategy in a meaningful way that allows them to not just aspirationally put a goal on a piece of paper, but have the reverse engineering and the systems and the day-to-day management in place to successfully achieve those goals. So, Amber, do you want to tell a little bit of, first of all, how did you get into this space of wanting to help entrepreneurs become empowered around numbers, money?
1: To be quite honest with you, it was the last thing I thought I was going to do. I left uh, the financial corporate world thinking I would never touch it again with a 10 foot pole. (laughs) Um, I was so done with the industry and I ended up moving to Bali, Indonesia. I had gone through a 12 month health coaching program and became fully, uh, you know, fully booked by the time I left corporate and needed a change of pace. Mm -hmm. And how can you not want to have a change of pace in a a beautiful tropical location? And it's just, swimming with entrepreneurs. So I came to this program called Tribe Wanted. It's where um, we have 50% of the time working on our startup business, 25% of the time helping each other, and the other 25% is having fun and exploring the island. And while I was there, uh, I would say that most people had uh, just an affinity for health because they were in Bali. It's a beautiful place to really revitalize yourself. And one thing that they kept coming to me about was, what are you doing with your money? Like your cash, your cash system is making so much sense to me. I want to understand it. And so we started doing talks and we were getting invited to these women retreats and talking about mm-hmm. combining the wealth consciousness and holistic perspective and really, truly why we are being entrepreneurs. Why did we go out of the corporate yeah. to really do what we want to do and make sure that it's aligned with our money goals? And so that's really how I fell into it. And I was quite resistant to it. It was my stepmother who has never once yelled at me before or since this moment. I helped her (laughs) with her finances. And she's about five foot two. And she yelled at me and she said, what are you doing thinking of not staying in this space? Mm. This is life changing. This has changed my life. And this absolutely must happen. And I'm so excited because five years later, uh, we were sitting on a beach in Mexico. My goal was to treat her and her husband to a first class trip to a beautiful five diamond resort. And she looked over and I'll never forget it. She was holding her tropical drink in her hand and she said, aren't you glad that I yelled at you that day in the kitchen? And I was like, heck yes. So that's yes. how I got into it. <laughs> oh,
0: I love that. That's so amazing. It's true because entrepreneurship is a calling. I say this all the time. And sometimes answering the call is even more important than your personal desire in that moment. And I tell the story all the time where right right around when my business was hitting seven figures, I was really, I was, I think I was at like a crossroads in the business and I wasn't sure what direction I wanted to go. And I was really thinking about just kind of really focusing on serving a handful of clients and just running a boutique business and, you know, just serving high level entrepreneurs with strategy. Cause I love strategy. I really love the deep strategy part, you know that Amber. And I, I sat with that and I reflected on it and, and I realized that if I were to do that, I wouldn't be answering the calling right and so your your stepmom saw that in you right and was like no you have to answer the call right
1: absolutely and i'm so grateful for that and i think everything happens for a reason i think we fall into situations where it's just so obvious that this must be what we do yes. and i think many people listening to this are definitely relating to that because it's for just sure. it is a calling for sure yeah,
0: for sure now you know obviously as entrepreneurs get started in their businesses they you know quickly begin to realize that they need a bookkeeper they need a cpa they need people to help them make sure that they're in compliance and that they are tracking and managing you know those financial elements of the business right but the problem with those two things bookkeeping and accounting in and of themselves is they do nothing to actually inform or guide the business owner through wealth creation, right? right. What happened in the past and putting in a form so that you don't get a bill from the IRS. That's a fine is not the same, <laughs> is not the same as managing your money successfully so that you can create wealth. So I would love for you to first share just kind of your, your unique perspective on money management and then why don't you just share a little bit about like what it is that you actually do like let's help people to understand what's special about the way that you approach numbers in business
1: Sure. So I would say, first of all, when you think about bookkeeping and accounting, it's all about looking backwards at what's already happened. And what I love so much about your approach and what you've talked about, Kelly, is that you understand there's a major difference between yes, yes, using that for analysis, but we want to worry, or we want to know what is our cash doing now and in the future? How much money are we making? Is it hitting our goals? Is it allowing us to do the things we want to do? Still pay for for things that we want to pay for and have enough money for taxes, etc. So you've mentioned this many times that, you know, I would say 80 to 85% of small businesses, they fail due to cash flow. And what has always shocked me and in corporate, the same thing would happen, I would I would support, you know, these directors at a very high level in terms of knowing their their numbers and sitting in meetings, prepping them ahead of time to ensure that they understood what they were looking at but let's just let's just be honest here financial statements are not the best way to look at our money it's okay. just it's looking backwards and it's yes. specifically set up for the IRS to be able to easily see whether or not you're paying enough taxes yes. yes what we want to be looking at is actually what really matters which is how much money do we want to be bringing in cash in the door to make sure that we're sustainable and how 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 much do we want to be spending to ensure that we're making sure that we have everything we need in our business? And there is not, and I know that you also come from from corporate, there is not a cash flow management officer in our C-suite. Why? I do not understand. (laughs) And and it's the number one reason we fail. So what we do instead of that is take advantage of all of these financial leverage opportunities that is really a detriment to our overall profitability. And the financial industry definitely doesn't want us to know that we could create our own leverage and actually do a much better job amplifying our message, amplifying our impact by having our own leverage. And so we have a a perfect storm of lack of education from a personal perspective. then we don't have any emphasis on cash flow management when we're learning about business to begin with. And for those that are thinking, well, what about the CFO, the chief financial officer, in my experience, and this may be different than yours, Kelly, but in corporate, Mm -hmm. most of the time the CFO is spending massive amounts of time on dealing with all sorts of headaches in the accounting department, the accounting department and the is really truly being served as a a glorified CFO. Controller, a glorified CPA, because they're looking backwards. They're figuring out why the heck the software isn't showing the proper numbers, and they are so stuck in that that they aren't able to spend any time in the strategy, visionary portion of what they're supposed to be doing in their business. And a lot of that is unfortunately due to the fact that I don't think that we've ever really had an emphasis on cash flow management, and so we're really striving to break that cycle because when it comes to an entrepreneur who's starting out and. Maybe, yes, in the beginning, you want to get some high ticket consultancy clients and you think that's going to be amazing. And then you say, oh, my gosh, I can really do really well here. And this impact would be so much greater if I was able to help more people. The thing is, when we first start out, our number one thing is wanting to be able to either replace our own income or to be able to pay ourselves and not have to worry about going into debt. Well, once you get there, and that's going to look different for every single person. And this is where I first realized there was a major gap in education. And it was because my own business coach was wanting to have me hit a 5K month. And I knew from my own personal experience that where I lived in D.C. or right outside of D.C., a 5K month is not going to cut it. No. I, I just wasn't going to cut it. No. Um, maybe for someone in Albuquerque, New Mexico, right. Right. or maybe in Bali, Indonesia, but someone in New York City is, is definitely not going to be okay with a 5K month, but it's due to the fact that our living expenses are different and unique and individual, and I found that from this perspective of a service-based entrepreneur, the very best thing we can do for ourselves is one, really understand personal finance and understand how to be profitable from a personal perspective. And I know you've mentioned before that you are financially free before you even left corporate and you had such a huge advantage of understanding that. And I would say that in general, that it's not due to anyone's fault it's seriously due to the lack of education that we we do not have right absolutely and, and so by first focusing on that, it will then allow you to run a profitable, sustainable business because you fully understand how much you actually need from the business, which then in line will allow you to see how much the business needs to make to allow you to take that amount of money while still being profitable, still covering all of your business expenses and having enough money for taxes when they come due. And that makes a world of difference when it comes to being able to run, grow and scale a profitable sustainable business.
0: For sure. For sure. So when you look at, you know, entrepreneurs and they come to you for help in this in this arena, where do you where do you typically find are the biggest mistakes being made? Or what do you find are the biggest mistakes being made?
1: Well, I would say um, the number one thing is they've hired a bookkeeper or accountant, and they are incredibly frustrated with them. And they're saying, why the heck are they not telling me that I need to, you know, have this much set aside for taxes? Or why did they not? They told me I'm doing great last month. So I went and hired all these people and now I don't have the cash flow to be able to support them. And the thing that we spend most of our time educating our community in is the difference between what a bookkeeper does, what a CPA does, and truly what cash flow management is and how it's very separate from looking backwards. And so I would say that's the first thing. And the second thing would then be looking and thinking that they can't actually do this. I I truly do believe in empowering those with this information, and so we created a a free calculator that actually helps you, no matter what stage of business you're in, be able to reverse engineer what it is that you need. So if you're first starting out and you're saying, okay, right now my number one goal is to replace my corporate income. Well, you can say, what's your take-home income? Is that sufficient? And we we look at their personal expenses and have them list out everything, including what we call true expenses. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that term, but it's something that we use for all of the expenses that are not monthly. Because a lot of times, even just Mm -hmm. from a personal perspective, people have an idea in their mind how much they need per month because they're thinking of the different bills they see every month. But we also have like Costco memberships, summer camps we have Christmas or holiday spending, uh, vacations, Mm -hmm. things that are less regular, but there's still money that we need. So when we think through all of those things and come up with a true amount of money that we want to cover to pay all of the things, like if we wanted a weekly massage or something like that, uh, we take them through that process, do the same thing for the business. So in the beginning stages, if you're wanting to do a high ticket consultancy option, which as I know, we both agree, it's the best way to go in the beginning. Um, is then to come up with that goal See what it is and reverse engineer your pricing and packaging and offerings based on how much time you have in the day. What do you want to do? Do you want to see people twice a month? And do you want to have five clients? Well, then you can practically come up with a package price point that can really make sense. And then from there, we then show them how to easily start to add in planning for social sellers, for commission opportunities, for different things that will add in so that it, of course, increases the revenue over time, but it also allows you to really start planning for that stacking of recurring revenue, such as like if you do your first launch and you now have $10,000 of recurring revenue, yeah. you do a second launch, twenty thousand, third third launch, 50,000, you can then start planning ahead of time to bring people in and not have to rely on a financial team to to, yeah. to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I agree with so much. I mean, this is why I wanted you to come on the show because even in the business concepts that I'm teaching I see such a fundamental misunderstanding in the entrepreneurial market of money. For example, you know, most of what's taught is, you know, a one-time flat rate, low dollar product. And what I always say to people is your bills are going to come 12 months a year forever. right?" (laughs) Right? So why are we selling something that we'd get paid for one time knowing that you're going to start over from zero the very next month. And it blows my mind, Amber, but this is how people are being taught to run a business. Mm-hmm. And they wake up on day one of a new month and they're scratching their head and saying, oh my gosh, where's the money coming from? That to me as a business owner, first of all, that would be my personal hell. I would <sighs> never sleep. <laughs> but <next laughs> though, I that's insane. Mm -hmm. But so much of this goes back to what you said that, you know, there is no financial literacy in the way that we're taught about money. And so most of us come into business and we have no idea about these things. And then it isn't until problems arise uh, that we, you know, begin to identify like, oh, my gosh, this isn't working. This needs to be done another way. And I want to add on one of the points that you said earlier about people not being happy with their bookkeeper and I say this all the time, if you're working with a bookkeeper that, you know, doesn't understand budgeting, that doesn't understand cash flow projections, that can't help you with making decent, definitive forward-thinking decisions about the business, you, you need to get rid of your bookkeeper because they're of no use. I mean, anyone can timestamp what already happened, right? That's that's a data entry job. <laughs> that's not a finance job, right? What, what we need as business owners is people that can see the numbers make recommendations based on the numbers help us to project the numbers and then and then really make the right investments at the right time because of them right
1: absolutely and i also think that in general i would say and this is slightly different than i would say your perspective is that most bookkeepers and accountants have never been taught that side of it and it's honestly not their job from a financial perspective to be doing that Mm -hmm. and so by finding someone who truly has taken the initiative to fully understand the forward-thinking process is so incredibly important and so for me personally what I look for in a bookkeeper is someone who is incredibly detail-oriented, super focused on making sure I'm audit ready, attaching receipts to every single transaction I have and really focusing there on ensuring that everything is super compliant and we take uh, control of the actual cash flow management side by looking at how much money is coming in this month, next month, the third month. And is that an, an on average higher than what I actually need to sustain myself and then seeing those step revenue goals over time. And I do truly believe that those that feel like they are allergic to spreadsheets and don't understand money or numbers, it is absolutely possible for you to empower yourself with this information and do so in a, very, uh, in, in a very easy, simple manner.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a really important message to share, Amber, and I, I appreciate that. And I also wanna say that if you're a business owner and you shy away from being involved in the money... And your business—it's really hard to grow something that you don't give any attention to, or that you don't get involved in, or that—and this goes for listen. There's entrepreneurs and intrapreneurs that listen to this show, right? Even if you are—I—I've shared very openly. I built wealth as an employee. I, you know, I, I shared this with you, Amber. I created financial freedom as an employee before I ever started my business. That was intentional. I worked full time in my job while I built my business. That was intentional. Everything was mapped out very, very intentionally. So for you all that are listening, that are entrepreneurs, same thing goes for you. You should be forward-looking. You should be talking to someone about your money. You should be saying, okay, what does this all mean to me? Take your bonus plan and show it to someone and have them help you do financial projections. I remember I was so blessed. I had a mentor in corporate, and this is probably why all those things were possible for me, but he would sit down with me with the bonus plan And with my budget and and he would help me actually do financial projections for myself to build wealth because he wanted me to have a plan for how I could get to where I wanted to be financially. And as an employee, you know, your your bonus, your budget and the extra commission that you can make based on performance is really where your wealth comes from. It's not going to be from your base salary. Right. So I think this is equally relevant for both entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs. Right. To have a partner in this.
1: A hundred percent. And, you know, I, I have my own employees as well that are building wealth using the same system. So even oh, that's if. So bad. Yes. It is. It's so exciting. And, you know, we we really emphasize the fact that you want to first create this beautiful financial foundation. So people are always surprised when I say, no, you actually want to hold off on paying any debt down until you have a minimum of two months of living expenses in your account. Because what that allows you to do is completely break that debt cycle, because if you have something unexpected come up. You're not putting it back on a card. You're actually using the cash you have. And psychologically, that's a huge, huge win. And it allows you to really move into fully being debt free and have cash flow in your in your personal life and business.
0: That is so, so awesome. So let's give people just some tips, some some tips for getting started. Mm -hmm. And then why don't you just give like a quick overview of exactly how this works, like how you actually partner with business owners or even the entrepreneurs on your own team the entrepreneurs on your own team that are using this for wealth building. So, let's give some simple tips that that people can look at or do right away, Amber, that will help them be in a better financial position.
1: Absolutely. So, if you're listening to this, I first want to just say I'm so inspired by you. You are taking initiative and in educating yourself around cash flow and finances, and that in itself is such a beautiful gift of financial self-care. So you're in the right space, and I'm just so honored to, to be here to help help you move forward in this journey. So the very first thing I would recommend, and this is for both entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs, is getting really clear on the amount of money you want to be making, whether you're working in, in a place where there's commission or... if you're making money as a service-based entrepreneur. So the way that I recommend doing that is actually getting really clear on your personal expenses like we suggested. So going through and seeing what all your monthly expenses are, plus anything additional that you need in terms of throughout the year. And adding all of that up and seeing that from a perspective of, okay, am I bringing that amount into my personal bank account? or more. And if that is not the case, then the next thing you want to be looking at is a way to to correct that. Okay. What actions do I need to take to make sure that the amount of money that I'm, that I'm bringing into the business is covering all of the expenses that I care to cover right now, plus have enough money for taxes and to be profitable. The second thing I would recommend is getting really clear on what your forward projections are going to be in your business. And this will allow you to then easily compare that number with the number that, uh, that you've calculated yeah. to see if it's a sustainable number. And that in itself is what I use primarily as looking at my four projected numbers to see what our goals need to be in terms of our business as a whole, as a team. And it really helps us maintain no, uh, not a reactionary business because yeah. I would say the number one thing that happens is the timing of cash flow gets 99% of entrepreneurs because instead of being able to think three or four months ahead, We're still in this state of, I have bills next month or next week I need to pay. What money do I need to come in to make that happen? But this completely shifts it because now you can look at it from a perspective of, okay, my revenue goal is 30,000 a month and my average revenue in over the next three months is 40. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it looks like we have some room to possibly bring in an additional team member. What would that look like? So having a really clear way to, to build your revenue goal having a revenue forecast tool and then because of the fact that as a business your know, most businesses are profitable but are sabotaged due to the personal finances is getting a clear business budget in place yes. I'm sorry a personal budget in place mm-hmm. and uh, we use a, a, an envelope software tool to help us show this to clients but it's a really great way to get very clear what that does is it ensures that you don't sabotage your newfound profitability in your business and also also gives you a plan to pay down debt if you have any and also to really create that wealth in your own personal life. And then the fourth thing I would recommend is a business budget that implements components of profit first. Mm-hmm. It's something that isn't, you know, many people I'm sure have heard of that on this on the show. It's a wonderful book written by Mike McAllowitz. but from a service based perspective, it's really great to reverse engineer the revenue goal because then you can look at it from a perspective of, okay, what am I doing with the money that comes into my business? Yep, I'm going to put a certain amount to profit, certain amount to owners' pay, certain amount to taxes, and be able to articulate how much is covering your business expenses. Mm-hmm. And then the final thing would be to uh have a plan to truly be able to get to a point where you can create legacy. And that's where you're now really in that position where, of course, you are, you're paying yourself a a substantial amount of money, but at the same time, you're able to see what is it that you truly want to put this money towards to create a legacy for your family and for your, and for your, you know, for the generations to come. And those five things together really create a holistic system that makes a world of difference.
0: Yeah, no, that's really great. And, you know, what I think is really unique about what you do, Amber, is you bring together the elements of budgeting, cash flow management, and profit first in, in the right order and way. I love profit first. I use a variation of profit first in our budgeting and in my own financial management. However, I have seen a big movement towards profit first with a lot of entrepreneurs that don't understand cash flow management. So what's happening is they're working on distributing the money coming in, but there's not enough money coming in and there's no cash flow projection. And so yes, you can put the money that's already coming in into different buckets. Okay? But if you don't have a plan for for reverse engineering the action, the cash flow and the growth of the revenue, those buckets don't matter.
1: Like- I could not have said it better, Kelly. I honestly, it's one of these things, and it's really to no fault of the person that has done it this way.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: And, and I'm very good friends with Mike, and, and I've shared this with him many times. The way that the book was written was truly for the dry cleaner down the street. Yes. This is for an established business, yes. typically brick yes. and mortar, that yes. is looking to actually be able to put food on the table without yes. putting it on a credit card. Yes. And and for for people in, in a position where they're doing a service-based online offering, We have such an advantage. First of all, we don't have rent typically. We don't have all of these overhead expenses that one of these brick and mortar businesses have. We also don't have three years of financial statements to do the actions that are listed out in the book. And so, When I read the book, it was back in 2016. I was running a a course actually for health coaches to help with business and personal finances. And my business coach at the time said, I think you need to read this book. I read it and I was up at two in the morning and it was this concept of that intentional putting the profit first, paying your business first, that just really got me. And I said, oh my gosh, I love this. We are totally doing this, but it's not going to be the way that they're doing it with all the bank accounts. We're going to use an envelope system and we're going to reverse engineer this. And that has made a huge, huge difference. And it's something that I think from an online service based perspective, Mike yeah. has really encouraged me to write a book from this perspective. And so that's, that's something that we're doing right now. So but it, it, it it's just it makes such yeah. a difference because then yeah. we know it doesn't matter what those those percentages are that are listed in the book, what really matters is how much money you want to be paying yourself, how much money you need for your business expenses, and then have a goal that matches. And then our our calculator also spits out the right percentages for what you need, not what's a benchmark percentage. And and that's,
0: that's, that's exactly it. And, And that's why I always say I love profit first. I use a variation of it. I don't use it in the way that it was, you know, written, I have my own percentages and buckets and all of that. But the concept is brilliant. It's obviously the right way of doing things. But but again, you know, and for everyone listening, you know, I that's why I wanted to bring Amber on the show. And it's why I was so interested to have this conversation, Amber, because you know, we've, we've had Mike on. Um, he's done a private you know session with me for our tribe of Unstoppable members. I love the book, we share it, we talk about it, but it has to be in context, in proper context, in order to yield the result that people want. And I really was struggling to find people in the market. I mean, I've shared many times, and this is why what you're doing is so brilliant, Amber, and I want to share you with people. I want people to know about you. Um, Every bookkeeper I've ever had or financial team that I've ever worked with, I've had to train them on the reporting that I wanted on a weekly basis, on the data I needed to see, on, you know, what what metrics we needed to be looking at, on, you know, the cash flow management, you know, all of those things. And again, it's because exactly what you said—the way that bookkeepers are trained and the way that CPAs are trained—that has nothing to do with what we're talking about here, as it relates to. I like to you—you call, you call it cash flow management. I call it wealth building. I love that. I love wealth, wealth building. building. Um, okay, <laughs> but, but to me, it's wealth building because managing your money and managing your cash flow is how you build wealth. And if you don't manage that cash flow, there won't be any. Because there will always be another expense. There will always be another team that, thing that your team is asking for. There will always be another thing that pops up that's the latest, greatest thing that's going to change everything that you feel like if you don't invest in it, you know, it's not going to work. And I think, you know, cash flow management, wealth building, you know, is is so, so key. So what's the call to action for everyone listening? So I want you guys to think about how you're managing your personal and professional finances now. I want you to take a look at the way that you're running the cash flow element of your business and the way that you're thinking about how you're growing that number that's going in the bank account at the end of the month. And I really want you to ask yourself if you have a resource on your side that has the knowledge and the expertise and the education to be able to help you listen. I I always say I was very lucky because I came from a world where I had been managing to a PL and budget since I was 21. That's the only reason that I was able to bring that knowledge into entrepreneurship. If you didn't have that as a background, it's very important to partner with and find someone who does have that, that can help you in to institute these things in your business. So Amber, I know you guys have that awesome online calculator that people can gain access to. I think you also have a workshop coming up soon, right? So let's tell people a little bit about how they can learn more about what you do, how you can help them get access to the calculator.
1: Absolutely. So we we run a workshop that really is incredible in terms of being really clear on what your personal finances are, what your business requirements are, and show you how to easily, within less than fifteen seconds, calculate a revenue goal for yourself, and then create step revenue goal for yourself so that you can see how to add in team, etc. So I would I would highly recommend it. It's an incredible, opera, um, just really experience for you to be able to get those revenue goals. And you can find that at Amber Dugger, D-U-G-G-E-R dot com slash challenge. And we have them coming up every, you know, I think in the next few, couple of weeks, it'll be really yeah. great.
0: Awesome. So amberdugger.com forward slash challenge. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Amber, keep up the great work. I'm so happy to have found you and and had you be a part of our community and be able to share you with our listeners. I really enjoyed our conversation today and I'll look forward to seeing you back inside the Unstoppable Entrepreneur.
1: Amazing, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me.
0: If you're loving the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show and have gotten any value out of it for your business or your life, would you mind doing two things for me? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their business online. And I would so appreciate and have so much gratitude to you if you could take that action for me. And subscribing is what gets you notified each time a new show gets released so you never miss a thing. Our listener reviews have helped us to climb into the top 15 of all marketing podcasts. And we'd love your help to keep on climbing. Here's to our next 600 episodes. Episodes together. We so appreciate you and look forward to thousands more.